Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. And Greg hello, hello, welcome to a five-star edition of Single High, the Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com. I am your host, one of your hosts, Frank Fatovich, and joined as always by the president of the Kyle Hamilton Fan Club and video analyst at Irish Sports Daily, Mr. Greg Flamong. Greg, how are you feeling on the 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 heels of Notre Dame landing its first? Five star or five star quarterback commitment in nearly a decade earlier this evening. Um, I feel good. It's, I, it's, I would uh, hope so. It's, it's, it's a good day. It's it a good day. A good day. Yeah. Let me tell you something, okay? I've been trying to, um, I've been trying to lay low on the Michigan slander for um, the last you know few days. Um, I don't know why. I think yeah, I don't know why he's doing it. Yeah, I don't know. But I think everyone else is doing it, and it's like maybe, maybe it's because like I don't know. I work for ISD now, and I'm supposed to be like, you know, professional-ish. This is a safe space. You could be. This is a safe space. This is a safe but space. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, when you see the when you see the photos of uh, <laughs> Lloyd Carr <laughs> posing with CJ Carr, it just feels nice. You know, oh, it feels right. really good. And um, listen, times like this are fleeting, right? Yeah. It, you know, you never know what the future holds, but the moment is the moment and you need to relish in it. So I say let's relish in the uh, in the schadenfreude. Oh, it is amazing. It, can you, oh, just I'm sure Michigan fans are just, they're, they're seething seeing Lloyd with the Lloyd with the Notre Dame hat on, his grandson, you know, they're both smiling. They're both smiling. It's great. Um, I'm sure. Although, although, if you read Michigan sites today, and if you you listen uh, for any any portion of a, uh, you know, some of the some of the video pods that uh, that I saw floating around Twitter, apparently they weren't really recruiting CJ Carr very hard. Uh, you know, they they were slow playing. They didn't really want. Uh, you know, they, they didn't really want him over Dante Moore or other players in the in the 2024 class. And the, you know, the backtracking and the revisionist history has started uh, and has been in full, full steam ahead on the Michigan side over the, uh, you know, over the last uh, few days, which is just absolutely ridiculous because there's no way, no way in hell uh, you know, anybody outside of uh, delusional Michigan fans can believe that they did not seriously pursue or they, they were not desperately trying to get a commitment from a five-star quarterback whose grand, or grandfather won the only half national championship that program has seen since the 1940s. There's no way in hell that they did not, uh, you know, desperately want, uh, you know, want, want, want him in their 2024 class. They started recruiting him when he was in like eighth grade. So all of this Michigan nonsense of ah, that's fine. We don't really care. We don't. It is. It is. It, it is that. It is nonsense. And you know, I'm getting fired up here. So I'm gonna open, open my beer. And I have there, there is one, but one thing I am upset about tonight, Greg. What is it? I had. 
a Michigan beer. All planned out. I knew the beer I wanted to have. I wanted to drink something from Michigan on this momentous occasion tonight. Right. I went to my beer store that I go to every week that that uh, that has a great selection. They always have this one great beer from Michigan. Of course, the first time I go in, seeking it out specifically, they were sold out. And I asked for it, and they didn't have any in the back, so I was really upset. Other than that, it's a great beer. Uh, Old Nation Brewery, by the way, if anybody's listening in Michigan, is great. The beer is Boss Tweed. Uh, they did not have it. So I had, I had a, I have call an Audible. I picked a can that was green because I had like a minute. I didn't have a lot of time in the store. Um, it's called Brain Death. <laughs> it's a double, a double IPA. Sure, it's great. Sure, it's great. So, I mean, where, where, where do we start? you know, breaking this down, uh, you know, in terms of what this means for the program, uh, you know, recruiting moving forward. I think, you know, I already mentioned it is the first five-star quarterback Notre Dame's got to, to commit since Gunnar Keel, which we all know how that worked out. So that wasn't uh, the best for Notre Dame. You know, that was a, that was a one and done transfer. Um, but that was always, that was a weird commitment to begin with. Cause that was yeah. one. Where, yeah. It was LSU. It was LSU. And then at the tail end, you know, right before early enrollment, like, hello, I'm here. So if you think about it, it's really the first commitment like this, I would say that Notre Dame's had since Jimmy Clausen, because Jimmy committed relatively early. I, th- you know, for back then, you know, he, he committed in the, you know, around springtime, which in, uh, I guess it was spring 2006, um at that time that was early uh you know because you didn't you know it was it was normal to you know to commit in the fall and take your official visits in the fall that the recruiting calendar hadn't accelerated to what it is today just yet uh back then so this is this is the first since then so we're looking at 16 years since then you are (laughs) yeah no i'm good good (laughs) greg is uh greg is trying to fix his picture, which is, it is slightly crooked. I'll tell you that you can't see it now, but I know you got a live recording tonight. You I know I'd, I'll, I'll fix it for that. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, this is, it, I, I said, I mean, it's, it, this is what Notre Dame has been waiting. Notre Dame has been waiting for a moment like this to get the, you know, the, the, um, the five-star, uh, you know, the five-star commit. And I think it was, uh, who was it? Uh, it must've been, Whoever they had on the twenty-four on the, the the CBS HQ live stream made a very good point. He's like, "Hey, Notre Dame is looking to squeeze one to two more wins out a year, and you know how you do that, Greg, with elite quarterback play." So, quarterback play. what what are your thoughts? Let, let's start maybe. What are your just thoughts on on Carr as a player? Um, I know you probably haven't broken down every second of film on him yet, but I'd be shocked if you didn't watch some. I've seen have- a good amount. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what, what, what are your thoughts? So, okay. Um, don't, don't not like, don't, don't think about dual threat with this, right? Mm. He's mobile. He's not, um, a dual threat kind of guy. He, he is of the kind of build that Phil Dracovic had, mm-hmm. um, but Phil was much more, much more uh, part of the running game, right? So he was much more of a runner. Um, CJ Carr is very much um, more of a, a passer, and not just yeah. the fact that like he wants to throw, but like his throwing motion is um, frankly gorgeous, it, very it. attractive. Here's the thing, and and it's hard to it's hard to describe it to people, but like. As a as a former player, right, you have lots of quarterbacks throw you the ball, right, and so you just kind of can tell, like when you see someone and they throw it to you, it, it's just like that. You can you can just kind of identify, ooh, he he throws a good ball, like a catchable right. ball. I want to catch passes from this guy because he he can throw it and it comes out spinning, but it also arrives soft and welcoming. It's like. Uh, it's that's how you want it, right? Some yeah. guys like they throw like in and like full disclosure, right? So like like I think the last three, um, I guess quote unquote big time quarterbacks that Notre Dame has recruited. So I'll say, um, 
I'll say Brandon Wimbush, I'll say Phil Dracovic, and I'll say Tyler Buckner. They all throw a ball that was a little bit awkward. Right. Which isn't to say you can't adjust to it or get used to it or they don't, you know, they're not going to be accurate or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like sometimes the ball comes out in in just kind of a weird way and you just got to get used to it. Right. Whereas, and sometimes you're just kind of fighting it. Whereas CJ Carr, like I watch him throw, I, I, you know, the clips that, that Matt Freeman had from the Irish invasion from this last weekend, you watch the film from the game film, like, man, that ball comes out and it just like, it looks good. It's in a good spot. The ball placement is like consistently very good. Like, that's what you want, man. Like yeah. that, as a, as a receiver, it's like, yes, like that is what you're looking for. Right. And, and to, and to be clear, right. Like, he'll come up later, but Dante Moore is similar in that sense, right? I think they both throw a pass that's just like very inviting for a receiver to kind of latch onto. So um, he's, he's bigger. He's 6'3", he's about 190. He's probably going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get thicker. Um, Therefore his arm strength will probably improve. Um, It certainly won't get worse. And I like his arm strength right now. It's not like, I don't, there's, there's nothing where you watch him and you think, I don't know about this type of throw. Like, no, he can, he can throw any kind of pass that you're looking for. Right. He can, he can, he can, uh, he can throw kind of like a line drive, like a, like a skinny post type pass where you got to put some zip on it. You can throw it over the top, um, put air under it, throw off platform when mm-hmm. he scrambles. Like he, there's a lot of, there's a ton of plays on his sophomore film where he's scrambling around with his head up, looking to throw. Right. And then he's he's got poise in the pocket that way, too. So um, so much to like about him, you know, things that he has to work on. What I would say is kind of just everything, because that's what sophomore quarterbacks do. They improve all aspects of their game. But there's not one thing where you say that's a big weakness of his. You know what I'm saying? Everything can get elevated and it will. Right. So like he's not yet like that elite player but when you watch him and you just kind of project like from sophomore to senior year in high school he is going to just ascend and be lights out um you know when when you when you when you talk to jamie or when i was hearing jamie and matt um on monday on power hour talking about his demeanor and his kind of the aura about him that's another thing where it's like this guy knows how to carry himself. Some players, some quarterbacks too. And I played with a guy like this where they are cocky and they are arrogant, but they're not jerks. Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of hard to find, you know, because they 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 are comfortable with the spotlight on them. They are comfortable being the reason that our team is going to be good. I am the reason that we are going to be good, and I'm comfortable with that, and I'm here to lift you all up. And if something goes wrong, I'm going to put it on myself because I am the one responsible, right? Not a blamer, and and I think that C.J. Carr fits that mold where he knows he's the guy, he knows he's in charge. When you see him, like when you hear stories at the camp, like he's talking to other guys, mm-hmm. he's giving other guys pointers when he's, you know, dapping up all the everybody. Like that's that's how you know. Like this guy is very comfortable being the man, right? Obviously, being a quarterback in Notre Dame, that comes with a lot of um that comes with a lot, right? A lot of scrutiny, a lot of spotlight, all those things. Um and that comes any any division one quarterback is going to deal with that. So the fact that it just sounds like he's that type of player, that sounds like he's the type of guy that relishes that. I mean, it's just kind of like everything you're looking for here, right? Like it's everything you want. So it's a huge, huge pickup. He's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a, a recruit. He's a hell of a prospect. His ceiling is the roof. Um, and he seems like the type of guy where, like, right now he's going to be on the phone trying to talk to recruits. Um, in the 2024 class, man, you know, the receiver group 
there's a lot of good players from the Midwest. There's a lot of good players in Indiana playing wide receiver. And, and now they've got a five-star quarterback to say, hey, do you want to play with this guy? Let's go. So mm-hmm. 2024 is the offensive class could be special. Yes. And I think, you know, going back to we were talking about his film, which one, it's just it's still kind of ridiculous to me that we we now look at like sophomore year highlight <laughs> reels uh, because of how how accelerated recruiting timelines have gotten. Uh, but there, I mean, there, there was a couple plays that really stood out to me watching it. There's one where I mean, he just lets it fly. 45, 50 yards, like of air yards, uh, you know, in the, uh, you know, as just with, without like, you know, like a full wind up or like, you know, heaving it down the field as a sophomore. Um, so, I mean, if, if you're flicking it 45, 50 yards as a, as a sophomore, you're going to have plenty of arm, uh, you know, for college and, uh, you know, and beyond. And there's another one that, that stood out actually that, uh, that Jamie from ISD, uh, tweeted out, I think it was yesterday. There's one where he just places a ball perfectly on like a slant route after on on like a second read uh, where like pressure was coming in. Like he didn't have a ton of time. He mm-hmm. made his he he recognized like immediately first reads not there immediately progressed to the second read and got the ball out at just an impressive uh, you know amount of time where I mean, how many times do you see younger quarterbacks stuck? on their first read or forcing it to their first read when they're facing pressure. So uh, those were two that just stood out. And those are the kind of things that you look at and go like, okay, this is going to be, this could be fun. Uh, You know, this isn't a kid who is a five-star talent because he's bombing the ball out, you know, however many yards or because he's, you know, a dual threat and, you know, running through defenses or something because he just got like, ridiculous uh you know kind of raw skills he's a five-star because he's got looks like some ridiculous quarterbacking skills um so this it's going to be fun to see to watch him develop for one you know this year next year and then when he gets to notre dame um but it's also um you know the other aspect that's going to be fun is it, it is early in the class of 2024 Notre Dame's I mean Notre Dame's got a handful of commitments already but you you nailed it I think by saying you get him on board now and you got 18 months more than 18 months like a little over 18 months until signing day the early signing day for uh, for the class of 2024 so you now you you have your headliner you have your you know your your guy who's going to be leading the charge uh you know from a player standpoint Notre Dame has that you know this year they got it with uh you know with Drake Bowen who is doing a hell of a job kind of as that like unofficial lead recruiter on the on the recruit side but bowen's still a linebacker you know and a couple years ago it was blake fisher the mayor who you know who was doing it but fisher's an offensive tackle you know not not a quarterback there is something different to be said when your quarterback is the one uh you know playing that role in your recruiting class uh, especially when players want to play with that guy uh, skill position players specifically so there's a couple at the irish invasion that i think everybody feels like at this point you know, we'll probably follow suit at some point, uh, you know, so, um, but, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see how, you know, how that does, uh, that does ultimately play out. But to me, that's one of the biggest parts of this commitment is that it happens, you know, so early specifically. <laughs> and I mean, we'll, well, I know we'll cover it at some point maybe, maybe it's now, but it, it's specifically, you know, uh, just a stark contrast <laughs> to 2023 quarterback recruiting, which is now we don't know what's going on with it. Uh, you know, it is drug out or drug on so long. Uh, now we're six months away, you know, from signing day, there's no quarterback in the class. And now there's, there's some uncertainty as to, you know, who, you know, whether there will be one, who it'll be when, you know, two months ago, things looked a lot different, you know, for 20, uh, you know, 2023. And obviously talking about, you know, Dante Moore, everybody, everybody who's listening knows Notre Dame went all in on Dante Moore and it looked like it was going to pay off. We've been talking on it every single pod for the last two months. Um, and now don't know. It doesn't things don't look clear near nearly as rosy, you know, on uh, you know, on that end. And 
yeah, that's why getting a quarterback commit this early is so nice and just helps set up the rest of your class. Because, for instance, do you think, let's say Notre Dame got a five-star quarterback commit for the class of 2023. You know, I was going to say last year at this time, but even if it was last year at this time, you know, maybe things would have changed because of the coaching change and all that. But, you know, a lot earlier. You think Notre Dame maybe has more than one wide receiver committed? At this time, if if they had a five star quarterback who had been kind of the face of the of the class for the last year, I mean, it, it, probably they would. I mean, probably they would have more. And exactly. And, and it, it, yeah, like it. It you can't. I don't think. I think it'll be very hard to overstate. Because here's the thing: Notre Dame is doing well recruiting wide receivers anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So they're they're, they're doing fine. But right. So they're doing traction. But like now you have, and not just that. But you have CJ Carr who understands, and he has said this, right? It's not, it's not, um, you know, me projecting or anything. He said, I want to recruit, like, I want to commit yeah. now, and I want to recruit for my class now, right? Exactly. And there's no way, oh, by the way, there's no way he's not calling 2023 kids too and being like, hey, like, oh, absolutely, go, right? Like, he, he wants to be a part of it. And, and look, it's going to sound like, we're obviously going to make some sort of contrast and everyone's going to think about the Dante Moore thing, but I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. Right. Like Dante right. Moore, it's not his job to recruit for Notre Dame. Correct. It is not. Right. Yep. He can do what he, he's got to do, whatever. Right. The point is, is that from Notre Dame's perspective, from Notre Dame's point of view, having CJ Carr in the class now is, is immeasurable in terms of what it can do for his class and what they can build because you're going to bring it. Look, they're, they, they already have Braylon James. Who's a top 100 guy. You're, you're looking at um, Jane Greyhouse, Who's a big fan of Notre Dame. And he's a top 100, 100 guy. Rico Flores is coming in. Christian Hamilton's coming in. Ronan Hannafin's coming in. Like they're going to build a receiving core. Okay. Oh, yeah. You already have, you know, Tobias Merriweather and Renzo Styles and all those guys. Like they're on campus already. And now you got your quarterback. And and not just that, not just that, but everyone knows they were in big for Dante Moore. Right? Oh, yeah. They landed CJ Carr. Everyone knows they were a serious player for Julian saying, right? These are all five star quarterbacks. It's not as though. CJ Carr was a one-off, you know, that this happened to happen, caught lightning in a bottle, right? Like, no, they had a serious shot at three five-star quarterbacks in 2023 and 2024. And you can make a case of four. Who's the fourth? The Zena. Gain his fifth star. That, correct, correct. Good point. Yeah. Good, right. Because he 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 was dropped and he he wasn't he was asked not to visit, right? Yeah. And and we can get into you know, that. That is what it is. The point is, is that he was he was Notre Dame was a serious player. Yeah. And and so that is it's like that makes a big difference, you know. So it was like this has the feel of like CJ Carr is the one who pulled the trigger, <laughs> but he wasn't the one who it had to be. Right. So right. that's a good way I to think, put it. I think that that too, like like the juice is is running and now you have a quarterback a five-star quarterback who is going to be pushing for his class for the 2023 class it's only it that's only going to kind of just um build on itself yeah. i'm telling you it, this is very big news very big uh, happenings it's huge it's huge and that's why i brought i kept, kept bringing going back to you know the 18 months uh you know ahead of ahead of signing day Getting in, the, getting in the class and being able to, uh, you know, to rally the troops. So let's let's talk though a little bit uh, then about what we what what we think is going to happen with 2023 recruiting, uh, you know, at the at the quarterback, uh, you know, position specifically because it was very it was very very uh, public that Notre Dame was all in on on Dante Moore. There hasn't been a ton. Out there, I know there's been some things, you know, that 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 are out there that don't sound great for Notre Dame, you know, with more anymore. But um, I, I guess what, what's your take on what what, what do you see kind of the next steps being for Notre Dame recruiting 2023 quarterbacks now? 
You see him opening um, up the board. Like what? What do you? They, they, are, they are, I, hundred percent. They are going to open up the board. There is no mm-hmm. way now that it can only be Dante Moore because mm-hmm. they do need a twenty twenty three. They do. They do. And and you have and because you have uh, CJ Carr now, it's it's like it's not because you said before like it's it's Dante Moore like he they were all in on him right. They were all in on him on 2023, but they weren't all in completely because here's the thing: if you were completely all in on Dante Moore, oh yeah, oh, there we go. You wouldn't take this commitment. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't take it. You would say no because that would affect things, and it it, yeah. it definitely affects things, right? Oh yeah. There's no way it doesn't. So you wouldn't take the commitment. So what uh-huh. you're saying is we're gonna take CJ Carr and. You know, whether Notre Dame continues to pursue Dante Moore as hard as they have before or whatever, that remains to be seen. Like, honestly, I think people have so many questions about this, but the whole thing is very fluid with his Mm -hmm. recruitment. Right. There's there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes and and that we aren't completely privy to Mm -hmm. that. I think people have kind of assumptions about some right, some wrong. But the fact is, it's like nothing is truly set in stone with that. Like the information you get today could change tomorrow. And the information information you're getting today could be 100% correct. But then it changes, right? And and I think we've seen that over the last few months, right? And that's what makes it frustrating. And I'm sure that's what was frustrating for Notre Dame. But I think what will 100% happen now is you're going to see Notre Dame talking to other quarterbacks. Right. No. They're, they're going to try to talk to Avery Johnson. They're going to try to talk to uh, I can't remember his name is Brock something. Um, now I have to look it up. Brock John. Cohen. Yeah. Johnson's Brock the Cohen. one that is, is going to be interesting to see what happens, because, I mean, Johnson's a he's, yeah, look, that's a he's top a pretty, 200. Caliber say, he's a I mean, good player, man. And like it, it, it you know, these kids know. That like you know he knows that Notre Dame was all in for 2023 on more and not him. So well, yeah, he also knows he also knows that yeah. CJ Carr is the golden goose too. Yeah, you know like that's just true. So it's like he, in my opinion, in my opinion, like Avery Johnson can be the centerpiece of someone's class. Yep. Right. It won't be Notre Dame's, but it could be someone's. And like you. I, if I was him, I would I would do that. Unless he totally loves Notre Dame, and maybe he does. Exactly. And I hope he does. Oh, that'd be great. I tell, like like tell you Ricky what, Collins, like he's Ricky Collins, is the centerpiece of Purdue. So well, I will tell you what, man. If if Johnson were to somehow end up in this class, man, he he would easily become one of my favorite recruits in a long time, because that's some freaking stones. To to look at that and go, I know there's a five star coming in the year after me, but I don't care. I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna compete. That 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 that's the kind of attitude you want. So that would be, I mean, that would be amazing. I don't necessarily think it's gonna happen because to your point, it just doesn't it just doesn't happen when when you know maybe maybe in you know 1955 or I don't know back in the 50s it would have been easy for Notre Dame to say, well, we didn't get the guy that we really wanted. We're just going to go to somebody else and then to go, okay, you're Notre Dame. I'm going to come to you. You know, like back in the day, maybe that happens. Not, not in 2022. That doesn't happen anywhere. Um, so, uh, I'm, see, I, I kind of, this almost has the feel of one of those years where you remember those years where like Brian Kelly really screwed up quarterback recruiting and then somehow like magically fell into a pretty good quarterback late in the cycle. And you're like, well, Okay, it worked out. Like Wimbush, for instance, right? Kelly screwed up quarterback recruiting really bad that year. Missed every single one of Notre Dame's top targets. And then really locked out and got Wimbush, you know, to decommit from Penn State and to commit to Notre Dame. So it it almost feels like it might be that kind of year now. Uh, And and again, this is not to say Notre Dame's out for Dante Moore. It's not to say Notre Dame's not going to sign him. It's to say that... Uh, Greg and I both been following college football recruiting for a long time and, and situations like these probably, you know, end with, uh, you know, with that kind of outcome, 
where Notre Dame is probably looking. Notre Dame maybe even is, signs a quarterback ultimately that is not on our radars this year. That would not surprise me yeah. at this point. You know what? Actually, given again, given the way everything has transpired last month to two months, Notre Dame football quarterback recruiting, I think it might actually surprise me more if more. There, no pun intended there, but if more does end up in the class, I think that might surprise me more than Notre Dame signing, you know, a pretty good quarterback who maybe, you know, we're, we're not even talking about, you know, right now, just based on, again, seeing the way this all played out. But to your point too, this has been the Dante Moore recruitment in general. has just been a really odd one in terms of like, you don't typically see scenarios like that where everybody thinks it's one school for the longest time. And like everybody, like that was the consensus. There was no like, oh, the Notre Dame beat feels good about Notre Dame's chances. The LSU beat feels good about the LSU uh, LSU's chances. It was literally every beat was like Notre Dame is the school to beat here. Um, it's going to take something to you know to change that. So who knows? Right? You know, it could. It's been it's been an odd recruitment to follow. Um, so we'll see again, it could turn, could turn back in Notre Dame's favor. And, uh, I get, we would all be doing cartwheels if, uh, if Notre Dame somehow miraculously lands more and CJ Carr in the, uh, you know, in the, in the same class. But, um, the, the thing about, you know, more too, is that <laughs> without somebody like cars committed for 2024, there was like no, no safety net under them for this year it was like okay if you don't get more then you have to get somebody amazing next year um or because you weren't going to be you most likely weren't going to be able to scramble now you can kind of afford to take you know maybe a flyer on somebody get somebody who's maybe a little bit more of a developmental player you know with some with high upside um then maybe you could have afforded to in the past you know without uh you know without cj Carr. Um, and I actually wrote about this a little bit too. Like if, if we think like a, in a perfect world scenario for Notre Dame, perfect world scenario is Tyler Buckner is as good as Notre Dame hopes he can be, you know, he develops and, you know, in like, you know, he has a great 2022 He's a great 2023. And, you know, let's say you don't get the elite quarterback this year. Like the first concern is like, okay, well maybe your third string quarterback in 2023 is not great, which is like not an ideal scenario, but it's also not like the end of the world. When you're down to your third string quarterback, like, I mean, not a lot of places are going to be all right when they're, when they get down to the third string quarterback. And then the like real, real like disaster scenario would be, and it's not even that much of a disaster, but let's say Buckner is phenomenal. Let's say he blows up this year and you know sets the world on fire in 2023 and is like i'm going to the nfl because i've i've been that good now 2024 does look like okay well now you're down to you know angeli or a true freshman you know cj car and that's not an ideal scenario to be in either where you have that little you know that little uh experience but those are actually like not the worst scenarios either. Like if you're if if the if if the scenario that we're planning for is Tyler Buckner being so good that he can leave early and you're you're scrambling for a quarterback in 2024 or starting quarterback in 2024, it's not I I mean, you know, a lot of Notre Dame fans would say, Well, sign me up if it means that Buckner was that good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are we doing on time here? I know we're about halfway towards the hour. You got a hard cutoff today. So do you want maybe should we jump into some questions let's, and then see if there's the time question. at the end? Yeah, let's All, do right. The question. All right. <laughs> so we got some questions here. Uh, we got one. First one from Chris Jenkins uh, says, okay, now that car is committed, you know, what do you think the domino effect will be? And we already talked about that a little bit. And how pissed is the Michigan fan base going to be very high? Or very highly, I'm assuming. Very upset. Very upset. As they um, should be. Imagine imagine if um, freaking Skip Holtz had a five-star kid who went. Exactly. A quarterback, nonetheless. You know? 
Although if it was if it was like Lou's grandkid, it might be like a five star punter because the Holtzes are not of large stature. So it might be like a kicker or or a punter. But um, yeah, it, I mean that is that 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 is the that is the equivalent. Although I do think you know in reading a lot of uh, you know looking at some of the Michigan sites, it's almost like they've already reached the denial phase of their grief in this um, in uh, you know in this in this recruiting loss. So you know they're processing it. They're going through it. Um, let let them, uh, you know, let let them go through it, but have some fun with it. Um, I mean, and again, we already touched on, you know, on, on on a little bit. I think on what the well, we we touched a little bit on what we think the domino effect is going to be in terms of quarterback recruiting. We think the the, the domino effect is going to be just overall twenty twenty four recruiting. You think we see some commits? In the near future, you know, from from 2024 kids, that car is getting in on. Yes, you're going to see some 2024 receivers pop for sure. Yeah, there was is my uh, prediction. I I think you are correct too. Um, you know, there were some uh, there was there there was some fun uh, you know receivers at the Irish uh, Irish invasion. You know this uh, you know this this weekend with uh, you know with Carr. That it would be surprising, I think, if um, if we didn't see them, uh, you know, see see them pop soon. Uh, you know, one of which, uh, who I think might be the most exciting that I saw, at least on the, the little bit of film, is Cam Williams. Uh, there were some predictions that came in. I know on I know twenty four seven. If I'm not mistaken, I think Matt Freeman might have Matt made a prediction. Well, yeah. Matt made a yeah. prediction, yeah, for for cam williams and man he just looks he's so smooth um yeah. you know and, and i you know that's that's just that's a good trait to have as, as a wide receiver and sure enough you know who else cam williams is strongly considering michigan hmm. ah so you would love to see you would love to see that two kids that uh that michigan really wanted uh you know joining the uh the notre dame class but um yeah, I think that is, uh, is is what we're gonna see on the 2024. I hope you're right, by the way, that he's also getting in the year of some 2023 kids, because that he definitely will. That 100%. would be that would be uh, that would be ideal, because I mean, I think, you know, you you mentioned you rattled off the receivers at Notre Dame, is is considered, you know, either the leader or you know one of the leaders for already, and if that's the class. You know, if the class of receivers that Notre Dame gets in 2023 is Braylon James, Rico Flores, Jaden Greathouse, and Ronan Hannafin, that's a pretty damn good, you know, class. Yes. And Hannafin specifically, I think we should we should mention, because man, is there a receiver that maybe their services missed out on a little bit more so than him this year, based on the offers that just come, you know, that have been, you know, following him the last two months. They picked up Alabama. He's got Georgia. There was a was, was there was another big one that he picked up recently that uh, that I'm not that I'm forgetting off the off the top of my head. It's Georgia. Georgia. I thought there was a third though that you're like okay, all right. Well, Georgia was the latest one. Yeah, Georgia just happened like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like LSU, Bama, Clemson, <clears throat> Ohio State. Yeah, those are some golf. Those are some offers. Those those are some schools that know receivers. So you know who Ronan Hannafin is. Who is this? You who know is who he? he is. Who is he? Okay, so I, I, I'm going to give you, uh, I guess, some context to the statement. Okay. Notre Dame is recruiting him as a um, wide receiver. Uh-huh. Same with Clemson. Uh-huh. And Alabama is recruiting him as a. Um, as like a defender in the star position, which is kind of like, uh, kind of like a hybrid, kind of like our rover, I guess, similar so you, to that. You you gonna compare him to to Xavier? No. Okay. No. Okay. Because right. this, because the person I'm thinking of ended up playing offense. Okay, and is, they play for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. How long ago? Recently. Recently, so somebody could have been. Am I gonna like be really mad at myself for not getting this when I? Uh, I, I, it's if I give you this next hint, you're gonna get Pro it. Pro size? No, it's he... uh, okay. It's, it's Chase Claypool. Oh, 
Oh, he doesn't have like the the build of Chase. Like I don't think he'll ever get up to like two forty or whatever. And six but like five, yeah. they yeah, like they run kind of similar. I think they have similar type of burst. Um, and and it's like it's like like Hannafin, like you watch him play receiver, and it's like he's such a physical presence, you know, and he's not like a great route runner or anything like that. Um. But, like, you watch him and you're like, man, that, that guy, he's got, like, that smooth kind of acceleration to him that okay. Chase had. And and just the fact that, like, you could see him being, like, an all-American defender. And I know you always said, like, Chase could have been, like, the best defensive end in the history of, like, college football. I did say that. You did. So that's who <laughs> I think. I, I think he is that caliber, right? Mm-hmm. And I like it. And so that that's how I view Ronan Hannafin. Yeah. And obviously I think other schools do as well. So, um, but yeah, he's racking up the offers. If that's the, if that's the four Notre Dame gets, uh, you know, it's not, it maybe isn't the Carnell Tate, you know, five-star splashy, you know, receiver that everybody was hoping for, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty damn good group. Um, and that helps restock that room. Uh, Cause that room needs a lot of, I mean, it just needs bodies at this point. Um, I mean, well, yeah. obviously ones that can play as well. So, okay, let's move on to, uh, you know, to our good friend, Oscar Reno at gone in 2059. You know, he writes the Joe motive is coming, but and that is Oscar's new nickname uh, for Joe Otting, her recent uh, offensive line commit, which we didn't even get to talk about because we've been talking about so much about CJ Carr and the quarterbacks, but um, then it says, but really, what is your position on fan-given nicknames with regard to overall fandom? And I, I'm going to just say I'm all for it. Like, you know, come up with them, see what you know, see 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 what sticks. I am. I, you're also talking to somebody who, for the last four years, every time I wrote an article, you know, said Lord Myron. Uh, <laughs> in, uh, even though I don't know if anybody else ever uh, ever else picked up on it, so I am all for it. What about uh, what about you as the president of a fan club for uh, you know for a player? You never went nickname for Kyle though. I didn't. I, you know, I I don't think Kyle needed a nickname. Okay. Kyle didn't need one. The chosen so one. Right. <laughs> the one exactly. The one. Neo. Neo. <laughs> oh my God! Speaking of, I didn't have to derail this, but I I, I recently had a night um, like kind of alone. My wife had a. My wife had to travel, so I wasn't, you know, totally alone because the baby was here. But you know, he goes to bed at like seven, so I'm like, what am I gonna watch? I have the TV to myself. I could literally watch whatever nonsense that I want for, you know, for a night. And I tried to watch that new Matrix movie, and I just, I, I couldn't do it. It was so bad. I got like 30, 45 minutes into it, and was like, I can't do this. And I never turned movies off. It was so bad. I had to, I had to turn it off. Uh, but the, the Neo, the Neo brought that up, so I figured I had to. I had, to, I had to mention it. I had to tell, I had to get that out there because it was just that bad. So, all right, we got two more questions from Oscar then. You have 15 minutes and a vial of truth serum. Which position coach are you interviewing? I'll go, unless you want to. Okay, okay, no, go ahead. Uh, Tommy Reese, and I'm asking him what he really thinks of Brian Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the real, what do you really think about him? Uh, uh, Tommy, uh, and getting, I mean, I guess he, I mean, he, he's told us a lot of the backstory, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, that's a pretty good one. That's you can ask the same question to Marcus Freeman. You might actually get a better answer because Tommy's got more history with, with Brian Kelly. Yeah. Freeman, Freeman only has the year. So. Yeah. Um, I wonder Oh, man, I think Tommy's probably the best one just because there's because you know why? Because he has the most history. Yeah. You know, um, I would say either him or like one would be like Clark Lee. Oh, because he doesn't spill on anything. Right. It's like I need some. Oh, if we're going old coaches. What about like Diaco? That would be a hell of a <laughs> hell of a chat. You don't need you don't need to <laughs> him. You, don't, you, you do don't not need that. That's true. That's true. Oh man. All right, that was that was a good question. Um, this last one, man, I don't know how to answer it. Um, to be honest. He says, say you come into some salt, like a lot of salt. What's a good meal that usually utilizes all of that salt? 
Again, I, the only thing I could think is I was like, I would probably try to like make a whole bunch of salted meats that are just like cured and then eat all of them. Because I, I don't know what else you would do with a lot of salt. What, what, what do you got? I made chili. Um, there's, there's not that much salt in chili. Like, I mean, there kind of like, is. There not like a is. lot. Really? I don't put that much salt in. But like in the in the in I mean, the, I guess if you add it all up cumulatively, like you right, know, the that's stock what I mean. and stuff is high in sodium. But that's not salt. That's sodium in the. He's saying you got a lot of salt, and you got to use up all this salt. He didn't say well, what's a high sodium meal. He said you got a lot of salt. I don't like salt. That's the thing. I like it as like I don't like a lot of salt. That's I do. Problem. I have a salty palate. Um, that's why the. But I also I don't know. I usually just like sprinkle it on. That's why I thought salted meats was all I got. Yeah. Good question though, Oscar. You stumped us. You stumped us. <laughs> All right. Drew Brennan at Drew Brennan77 says, When was the last time you felt this good about Notre Dame recruiting? This is such a fun time to be an Irish fan. What do you uh what do you what, what was the last time you felt this good? It about? would have to be I mean honestly, okay. It would have to be um during the Weiss era. Yep. I was gonna say the same. Early Weiss, early Weiss class. It, it would have to good. be yeah, like 08, 09. Um, they were really good classes. Yeah. And then, like, fuck, like I mean, it's since then, I mean, probably, like, this good. I mean, you have to be, like, the whole tears. Yeah. When it was, like, when it was just, like, oh, who did we get? Oh, great. Parade All-American. Like, Parade Player of the Year. Offensive yep. defense. That's fun. That's yeah. great. You know, like, I would probably be that. Probably be that. Yep, I, I I agree. But I mean, I would I would say I, no. I'm gonna say it's still for me the Weiss years because I'm still in the like okay, there's a lot to go, uh, you know, a long way to go. You got to see how the classes pan out and all, uh, you know, all of that. So, okay. Um. Oh, okay. Here we go. We got Alan Rutherford. Um, asks us removing all other context than on-field performance and potential. Would you trade? Dante Moore and Julian saying say are saying for CJ Carr and a 2023 QB recruit yet to be named. Feel free to name a few straight up. So I guess you you, you understand the the premise. Of I his. do understand the premise. Um, oh. So if I have to remove everything beyond performance, oh, like I think you take I think you take more and saying for sure. It's two five stars. Yeah. You absolutely do, because we're talking about like that. We're talking about how this makes 2024 kind of dicey up in the air, you know, or yeah. 2023. Sorry. So like, yeah, like you, you absolutely would like I because here's the thing, man, like Dante Moore is freaking great. Like he's a really he's good, awesome, really good quarterback. Like yeah. so the difference between Moore and Carr is like I I. I and I'm kind of projecting Carr because he's only a sophomore, right? Um, the difference is in the margins. Like, yeah, what, the car is probably going to be physically more imposing. Um, and that's basically it. Like, their games are pretty similar. Um, I actually think Carr is probably a little bit better athlete. Um, like, Dante Moore does not like to run. He he He's mobile, but he, he really doesn't like to run. Yeah. Like, like, Carr will run. Moore would really like not – he would like to not run, um, which kind of fits Notre Dame's offense from from where it could be, right? Um, like they needed a mobile quarterback last year, but – I and like in the coming years, they probably won't as much. Um, so, you know, Dante Moore, yeah, I would take him for sure. Yeah. Him and saying – Well, yeah, yeah you're saying two five-stars versus a five-star and a – yet to be named player that will most likely not be a five-star in that right. scenario. And so, here's yeah. the other thing. Here's the other thing too, that we have to acknowledge. CJ Carr is two years away. Yeah. That's a long time. A yeah. lot can change, right? Within the Notre Dame staff, right? Like oh, there's yeah. so much information that we don't have two years from now is that. Oh, that's crossing my mind. You can don't get, worry. Oh yeah. So Dante Moore, like he is this cycle. I would, I would take that for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Austin Bradley. You can pick, you can only pick one of each of the following pairs. Which do you choose? You're going to love the first one okay. based on what you said last week. Hans Zimmer or John Williams? Hans Zimmer. 
No question. Right. I'm going John. Uh, just you know, because I've been watching Star Wars lately. So um, Frank Leahy or Arab Parsian? Uh, I got to take my Armenian brother. Right, I'm going Frank Leahy. Okay. Uh, Steven Spielberg or Quentin Tarantino? Spielberg. Spielberg as well. I'm not a big Tarantino fan, to be honest. Um, not not so much. Spielberg, you know you're going to get entertained. All right. Uh, Joe, ESQ says, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 7 being the highest, <laughs> how bitter will Michigan fans be come tomorrow night? You know, so tonight. they they can have all of Oscar's salt is what yeah. they. Can oh, have. okay, all right, I like it, I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's weird. It's like I don't know if they're even bitter. Like, they're just trying to convince themselves. Like I, a Michigan buddy who has sent the picture of uh, of CJ and Lloyd, uh, you know, with Lloyd in the Notre Dame hat too. And I was like, Lloyd looks good in the Notre Dame hat, and he responded with like. Sure does. I'm glad we didn't decide to pursue a legacy over, uh, you know, who's best to lead our team. Stop. Stop. He's a top. I mean, 24-7 has him 50th overall, but everybody else has him like top 20 to 30 overall player. He's five stars. Stop. You do not want to see Lloyd Carr's grandson, five-star recruit, wearing Notre Dame attire. So just don't even... Don't even don't don't even uh, you know try to kid yourselves. Um, here we go. Clutch Sports Notre Dame. We probably touched on. Uh, yeah, I think we touched on all these, but we'll read the question because he asked if Carr picks Notre Dame, which he did. The beat has said Notre Dame plans to back off Dante Moore. Why would Notre Dame do that? Isn't it more beneficial to have two five star QBs instead of one? What are your thoughts? So actually, we didn't really cover that specific angle. So. If Notre Dame does back off, why would you? Do you think that they should, or is it good move, bad move? Um, okay, whether they should. Yes. I don't think they should. I don't think they should either. I don't think they should. I, I, look, if if it's contingent on CJ Carr, right? If CJ Carr says, "Look, I don't want Dante Moore in the class," or whatever, like I don't know, he, I don't know that he would put it like that. If they right. have reason to believe that if they land Dante Moore then CJ Carr will decommit. Um, then I could see them being like, like balking at that. Cause right. here's the thing, man, here's the thing. I think the Dante Moore, and here, this is what's kind of hovering over everything. I think the Dante Moore situation has gotten to a point, a place where Notre Dame is just a little too uncomfortable with all of it. Yeah. And and I think that that is why they would drop it, because I think they would think that it's it's even if he committed, it wouldn't be over. And and I think there's things at play that 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 lead them to believe like this is a situation that we will not really be in control of. Yeah, that doesn't really have to do with the player. And. I don't want to go too crazy because like this is all kind of conjecture that I'm right, doing. Right. Um, and maybe I'm saying a little t- more than I should, but like, that's kind of where it is. So I feel like it's not just, can we go in on Dante more still? Like, I think there's other considerations in play and that's what might lead them to just moving on, you know, full clock. Yeah. It's also timing, man. I mean, it's, it's June. What are we? Ninth, June 9th. If it's April 9th, you know, March 9th, you know, maybe we're having a different conversation because there's still more time in the cycle. But, um, you know, for as far away as we are from 2024, the 2023, you know, signing day is, is coming. It's coming quick. The, the, the days of a lot of players, you know, deciding, you know, towards the end is, is uh, yeah, the, those days are, you know, are, are over. Most of the players have their have their their schools picked already. So um, I think timing plays a role here as well. That said, I think they should continue to pursue him. Like, there's no reason not to. There's there's no reason after all the time you invested to just say, well, we're going to walk away. We're going to open this up. We're going to like you look at other quarterbacks, but say like, hey, man, like you, you, you do to you, you know, make your make the best decision for you. Um, but, you know, we have to look at some other quarterbacks for, you know, for 2023. We can't. You know, be only, you know, only in on uh, only in on you. And that's fine. Right. It's like. One thing I'm not going to do 
I'm not gonna like uh, you know, I'm not gonna talk trash on say Dante Moore because you know he if he doesn't end up at Notre Dame or if he ends up anywhere else like man he needs to make the decision that you know that that's best for him these kids are they're, they're like, there you go they're kids so like the Michigan fans that are trashing CJ Carr you know tonight or who have been I mean that he's he's literally not he's not even started his junior year of high school so just think about that when you're like gonna you know, talk about any of these recruits and think about one yourself when you were like a junior, senior in high school and how much of a knucklehead we probably all were at that time. Uh, but also like, man, let the kids make, you know, let the kids make their choice. So that said, continue to recruit them. But yeah, you open it up and you um, you have anything like the backing off, I think might. Yeah. You know, yes, they should back off the all in approach at this point because you got you, you need. You need some other – you need an option in the class. You can't just go until, like, October and say, okay, well, we'll we'll, we'll start recruiting other quarterbacks in October. You can't do that. So, okay, last question, and we're going to do good on timing here. Um, it's they call me Cass. They call me Cass. Yeah, at they call me Cass. How strong of an IPA will you need when we lose out on Dante Moore this year? Tommy takes an NFL job in the offseason – and CJ Carr reopens his recruitment due to Tommy not being at Notre Dame anymore. That is the scenario that I was alluding to Greg that I said had crossed my mind earlier because it has. Um, it's it is a the, the, not going to say that the car reopening his commitment. The freaking a, it's been an hour and 40, 52 minutes since he since he committed. Yeah. So we won't speculate on that. Uh, but we, I mean, the 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 Tommy taking an NFL job in the offseason part is a very real possibility that that can happen. You know, there was speculation that maybe it almost happened this past year. We know other colleges made a run at him to, you know, to be an offensive coordinator. I think we've kind of like weathered that storm. I, I don't think, I don't think Reese is going to take an OC job in college. Even if somebody throws money at him, he would have done that this year. It will not be an OC job. No, no, no OC job in the NFL coach or OC in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, for as much as Reese says he likes recruiting, Reese also does kind of seem like one of those guys that is just like, man, I just want to coach. I just want to, I just want like to be around football. I don't like, I, I, and then that's, again, that's just me like listening to him talk, um, you know, and, and just kind of, kind of his demeanor. He kind of has that like sense of like a coach who's just like, man, I just want to coach. Uh, yeah. So I think that is a possibility. And then Notre Dame cross that bridge. I will say I saw one quote that made me feel very, very good already. I think it was on on three. Let me see. I screenshotted it earlier, so I'm going to load it up on my phone. Uh, No, it was a tweet. I'm going to load this up. It's something like it was from on three. Uh, Yeah, here we go. I am ready to run through a brick wall for Coach Freeman. CJ Carr. Uh, said that to Chad Simmons. I like that. I like that. Yeah. That, and this is this is why Marcus Freeman is lead recruit for every quarter or every every single recruit that uh, that Notre Dame goes after is because he's going to be here um, at least for a few years. <laughs> so, uh, and that's um, that's that is important that uh, that he establishes that relationship because you know assistants are going to come and go. Um, especially if they're good coaches, they're going to get raises. They're going to get promotions at other, you know, at other schools. So, um, that said, I'm going to need a pretty damn strong IPA stronger than the eight and a half percent or that I'm drinking tonight. I was at an establishment earlier today that had a 12 percenter. So it'd probably be something, uh, probably something in that range. Yeah, it would be a, it would be a, a tough, tough scene. Greg would need an IPA and he doesn't I like would need beer. an IPA. He doesn't even like beer. Yeah. Um, so you would need no. You said you uh you like uh margaritas, correct? You need like a double yes. you would need like a double margarita hold everything except the tequila. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> double margarita, hold the margarita. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, there's a ton more we could talk about, but I know you got a time crunch tonight. Greg's gonna also have a live show. Irish Sports Daily, I believe at 10.30 Eastern time tonight. Why am I? It doesn't matter. I'm not going to edit this and get it live in time for any, for that to even give you 
one additional viewer, Greg. I apologize. Look on uh, the Iris Sports Daily YouTube yeah. page and you will find our yeah. uh, live show. So, all right, man. Hey, five-star recruits are fun when we get them. I like them. We should get more yes. of them. We should do we this. Should do we, that. Should, we should do this again sometime. We should all do right. this every week. I, I would love it if we could do this uh, do this again every week. Speaking, I mean, we are podcasting every week again now, so that's fun. You know, we're yeah. back into back into our cadence there. We're at the summertime, folks, where it's a little bit easier for Greg and I schedules to to align. So we shouldn't have those like three week gaps like we've had in uh, yeah. in the off season. But hey, I didn't even you know what I checked two days ago to see if we had any reviews. I'm gonna double. I'm just gonna check real quick. While we're while we're here to see if we have no, we do not. No new reviews, folks. This, that makes us sad. For as happy as five star commitments make us, the lack of five star reviews makes us sad. So make us happy if you're listening and and leave us uh, leave us a review. You know we'll read it on one of the uh, the upcoming shows. And with that. I think we're going to cut. This is a record short podcast for us, which was actually, this is quite nice. I'm going to get to bed before midnight. Bit. I'm going to get to bed before midnight Eastern. It's really, I, I, that's, I'm a fan of that too. So, Hey everybody, thank you all for, uh, you know, for listening as always. Thank you for the questions and interacting with us, uh, you know, on, uh, you know, on Twitter and as always, go Irish.